All right, hey everybody, welcome back to Movie Howl. This time we're going to be discussing Ford v Ferrari. It's a racing movie, so we've got to do this fast. I'm Ryan, that's Joe. All right, get into it. All right, let's do it. Here we go. This movie was great. I've never seen it. I can't believe I hadn't seen it yet. It was amazing. No, we can't. We can't. I can't. I, I, all right, we got to slow this down. There's so much to talk about with this movie. It's too late in the day. I don't have that energy. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I had never, I hadn't seen it. I always wanted this from the moment I saw a first trailer about it. I wanted to see it. Uh, I watched one or two reviews on it way back when it had originally come out, mm-hmm. but they just, they do a good job of talking about it, but nothing, nothing that we're going to say here can really do it justice without watching it yourself. Yeah. It's they, a great movie. I saw it in theaters when it first came out and I enjoyed it just as much rewatching it to do this. I just got done watching it a couple minutes ago and I it was fantastic the whole way through. Yeah, from the very get-go scene it has Carol Shelby driving in, you know, he's one of the only Americans that ever won the Le Mans, Le Mans, I think. I, it has an S at the end of it, but I'm depends fairly, on your accent, I, I think. guess. Fairly certain it's pronounced Le Mans. And that's what it shows and then and I don't know how much of this what happened in this movie is true to life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of it is. I mean, obviously, the real Carol Shelby and Ken Miles, uh, both play one played by, I apologize, I know this is a throwback for Team America, but one played by Matt Damon, the other oh. played by Christian Bale. They crushed it. They did. They, they totally absolutely did. crushed it. Really, really good performance, especially Christian Bale. The Ken Miles character, his character, I loved him. I absolutely loved Ken Miles. I really hope that that's what Ken Miles was like mm-hmm. in real life. And just yeah. from some of the pictures that I saw, he kind of looked like like Christian Bale. He goes up and down weight a lot for different movies. He's really a tremendous actor. His versatility is crazy. And he almost looked like he did in the mechanic. Not nearly that bad, but he was thin in this. Yeah, he was real thin. You're right. He that's that's a good comparison. And when I saw the pictures of Ken Miles, he looked like that. He was a skinny dude. The the portrayals in this movie were really, really well done. I liked so much of it. I don't even know. I'm gonna have to struggle. Because I didn't write anything down in my notes, something I didn't like. Like, oh, I have to nitpick. I have to, nothing. So I'm going to have to struggle to come up with something I didn't like about this movie. The only thing that I know of right off the bat that, I, that I'm that i fairly certain was inaccurate. And, and again, this is based off what I've learned in the past. Because this whole GT40 story has been around, obviously, for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've heard a bunch of times from different sources and read about. I never heard that Ferrari, that Enzo Ferrari flipped out on anybody. The story I always heard that was consistent was that in the contract was something about him losing control of his racing team. And he basically circled it and wrote something like unacceptable and just walked out. And they even made a point of saying like he always wrote with purple ink in his fountain pen. So it was like this purple, like the only note he made, he circled this one part and put like unacceptable and just walked out. He didn't do this whole, you know, you're a 
hey, fat boy with your ugly little cars and your ugly factory and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing with Ford taking offense to it is real. But as far as I'm aware, that's the only I mean, I'm positive there are other embellishments, but and that might have happened. And it was just left out of the versions that I read. But yeah, you're right. It's really hard to find anything to complain about with this movie. It's just you wouldn't think it would be that good. Like they, a movie about these guys who drive cars around mm-hmm. this track for 24 hours straight. And it's so good. And I mean, not even that much of the movie is actually racing. I mean, a lot is, but it's not like it's the whole thing. There's a lot of it's that that's the politics, the interpersonal relationships, Ken's relationship with his family, with his wife and his son, you know, his personal problems with anger and pride and trying to be an adult, a functioning adult and shoulder the responsibilities that he has, you know, and, and Shelby having to step back from the thing that he wants to do. He says when he's giving that speech at the unveiling of the Mustang that, mm-hmm. you know, there are lucky people who find what they want to do and they never work a day in their lives. But he says, there's another kind of person who finds something they have to do. And he's like, there are two of them here. He's like, I'm one. There's another man here. And he says, he's talking about, Henry Ford II, but you know, it's really Ken Miles. Absolutely. He's looking right he's at like him. That's his looking pitch. directly at him when he's yeah, talking about that. It's his pitch to him to be like, I know you have to do this just like me. So let's do it. Yeah, there this I think my very favorite part about this movie is it doesn't have anything to do with the actors, the story, the directing. It's the fact that they don't make movies like this hardly at all anymore obviously they do because they made this movie yeah but it's so rare to have a movie like this it's unapologetic it is exactly it it goes to be exactly what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. it's not trying to throw in politics or representation or it doesn't care about your feelings it it's just we're here to tell this story and we're here to show these characters and make it entertaining and it was it was everything i could have possibly wanted yeah yeah there's no you know there's no hipster type moments like i feel like that was kind of what nomadland was it was kind of this you know difficult story of people who either by choice or by necessity have to live a different kind of lifestyle but there's so much of it that was clearly just like off the wall and out there and to I don't know. I don't know exactly what the point of it was to catch you off guard or amuse you or just show you a different perspective. This was just, you're right. This was just telling a story. Here's this story. Here's what happened. Here's what the people were like. Doesn't matter if you liked everybody. Doesn't matter if you liked anybody. Mm-hmm. Except the little kid and the wife. It's hard not to like them. Yeah. In, in one <laughs> of the reviews that I remember listening to, uh, one of the criticisms this particular reviewer had talked about the wife and getting upset with him for wanting to do this, even though when I, I went back uh, right after it finished and I went back to the scene where he has just won the first race that you see him race and he has his son hop in the car and it, it was just showing what level of talent you're dealing with, with this Ken miles character. And it shows afterwards that his spoilers ahead for some of it. I don't want to try and spoil a ridiculous amount, but this is based on a true story. So it's, it's history. It is what it is. 
he gets locked out of his shop by the IRS, uh, and he doesn't have any money. And him and his wife are talking about it, and he says that I'm going to, you know, get fat and old and eat pork pies. And so he's he's promising to her that he's going to give it up because he'd love to do it. And all she says to him, like, you, if you give this up, you're just going to be insufferable because she understands that that's what a partner does. That's somebody who understands that she understood the kind of person that she married. And like Shelby said in that uh, speech he gives, sometimes you there's a person who you have to do something. And Ken Miles was that guy. He had to drive these cars and help work on these cars and make them better and faster and all of it. it there's so much in it that's just fun to watch because of not only the story that's involved, and I'm not a big race. I don't watch NASCAR, Indy, any of that. Like I don't, I don't care at all, even a little bit. <laughs> this movie just sucked me in from the very beginning of it. The introduction of both these characters and Ken Miles out of them. Ken Miles is easily my favorite of the two. His introduction as this mechanic talking to this guy who apparently owns some sort of sports car. And he's just like, well, you're, you're not driving it like a sports car. That's basically, basically what are you, it's your fault. You're telling me I don't know how to drive my own car. Uh, well, this, what I'm really saying is it's not actually your car. Your car is more like a Studebaker or and he just starts naming the, it's not really, this isn't really the car for you. I just from uh, the first introduction of his character, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to like this guy. And he was great from every every scene he was in. I loved it. The scene where him and Shelby are in the restaurant and Shelby's pitching him the idea right after he's talked to Ford about, the, well, this is what I want to do. <laughs> that was that was great. Just, I don't know. There was so much of this movie that I didn't know what to expect. I assumed it would be something that I would enjoy just based on trailers. But this is the kind of movie that you do not see anymore. And for no other reason, that's that makes it a top, a top tier movie to have on your list to watch. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to see it for sure. Yeah. It's hard to believe that we're in a, in a time where a movie like this is the rarity that now we have Batman movies and Superman movies and, x-men movies and marvel movies and all this stuff all the time and they kind of dominate the market and a lot of stories like this you don't get anymore like i i'm sure it's not really that way but it seems like those are the ones that get the most play you know when you see a trailer or you see popular reviews coming up on youtube or whatever else it's for stuff like that and i think it's probably because those movies bring in billions of dollars because everybody knows these characters and i think there's they're important you know, it's sort of a modern mythology and it, it gives you something to strive towards and hope for. But you need a place for real stories about real people and things that actually happened and just to kind of go through an experience like this. Yeah, there were so many scenes in this that just felt real, felt like something that could actually that this is the way that it actually happened back in real life when it happened. And there were other things that obviously embellished upon. So you have uh, uh, Ford. It's Ford the second, And he has a 
the senior vice president of the company, whatever it is, uh, uh, Mr. BB, mm-hmm. played by Josh Lucas. Yeah, the voice of the Home Depot commercials. Oh, maybe. Is that the voice? Is that who does the voice for this? Yeah, that's the huh. dude. I didn't know that. that Where okay, doers I get, get that it now. done or something like that, whatever yeah. the line is. Yeah, that's all I could think of is like, Home Depot guy's kind of a jerk. Like, what happened? <laughs> was there really, was there senior VP like that? Was there, and there probably wasn't, if we're honest. It probably didn't play out that way. They, they couldn't have Ferrari, you know, just them be the antagonist of the movie. They're not really the antagonist of this movie. They're just the competition. And competition isn't necessarily the bad guy. It's just competition should be done in good faith, good fun. Like you're, I want my best to beat your best, but I am not, I don't necessarily hate you. So I think he was part of the movie, that character, more of an embellishment, just to bring some sort of, you know, anxiety problems to what was going on. There had to be some sort of antagonist to make things like that happen. I really liked uh, John Bernthal as Lee Iacocca. That was one of the only real names besides besides Ferrari and Ford and stuff that I recognized because I know he took over the Ford Motor Company years later. Like, I know that name. He was a major, at least I believe that was the case with him, but he was a major businessman. I have heard of Lee Iacocca. That was not the first time I'd ever heard that name. And I always liked John Bernthal and pretty much anything he's done. He was easily the best Punisher that's ever been on film. Really sad that Netflix shut all those down, but you have a chance to watch. He is the best Punisher. He's great. Really, really good. I don't think that I could be wrong. I don't think that Iacocca was the CEO of Ford. He moved on to be the CEO of Chrysler for a while. Mm. He was the one that like pulled Chrysler back from the edge. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Fair enough. I just, I knew that I knew that name. He was, super, yeah, he was super, super important in the auto industry and he bounced between a couple companies. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, having this BB character to bring a little uh, tension in there, it was fine. It, it led for some, you know, brought about some decent moments. The I really enjoyed how they didn't want Miles racing for them mm-hmm. because publicly with, you know, marketing, publicity-wise, they couldn't trust him. Well, and it makes sense because as soon as he walks into the Mustang event, oh my gosh. he's telling Leo, like, this is a crap car and here's why. You know, it looks great. But here's all the things that are wrong with it, and I would never buy it. I'd buy a Chevy instead. Yep. You know, I mean, the first thing he says to the guy is all the wrong things to say. (laughs) You know, if he would have just been like, it's kind of one of those things where in the movie, if that really is how it played out, if he would have just said, oh, yeah, I understand. You don't want fingerprints on a paint job. You know, Peter, can you can you just not touch the car? Might have been a different story. Might have been. (laughs) I would actually be kind of interested to see if that guy was really like that in real life. Cause I bet you're right. It's probably not. It's probably one of those things where it's a company watching out for its image. I think a lot of companies do a lot of things that they probably shouldn't do. Like Coke got a lot of backlash a while ago for some of their training practices because they're trying to be, I don't know, progressive or sensitive or whatever it is. I think but, the word you're looking for is woke. Yeah, could be, but 
you know, sometimes these companies, they just do stuff that they think will be the right thing to do because there are out of touch executives pushing it. I mean, even in one of my old jobs, I got balled out one time for, I had a, it was a job where I was customer facing. That is to say, I worked for one company that assisted another company. So my client in this case called my boss to tell her what a great job I had done and how grateful they were for all the help I gave and, you know, how I had gone above and beyond. They're like, that's great. And then as soon as that call was over, it turned into don't ever do that again. Like, here's all the reasons not to do that. You know, this is not part of our job. We can't have them expecting this sort of thing. Like, you should never do that. I was like, oh, I can't work for you anymore. And that's when I really started trying to get out of that job. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where companies sometimes seemingly act against their own best interest. Mm -hmm. You know, in this case, it's showing forward, trying not to have the best driver drive for them. Right. Like they're doing their best to lose by having the wrong driver. Yeah. And that's, that's my point with that. The fact that they don't let him drive and then they go to this race the first time they enter into the Le Mans and they lose mm -hmm. and Ford was pissed and rightfully so. Yeah. But this leads me into one of my biggest points about this whole movie, the scene where Shelby goes in and Ford wants an explanation and he just tells him, Oh my God, where did I, I don't know if I necessarily wrote it down, but it, it, it was so great. He just, talks about how no no we have him right where we want him and he lists these reasons why and he talks and it's it shows it's one of my favorite parts about this movie is that there's men in this movie being men they're doing what men have done for all of human history great men and there there have been great women as well not saying like there's a i know a bumper sticker i've seen it says uh, be well-behaved women rarely make history. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's the the men in this movie, and they don't. Men are not portrayed like this in media anymore. It's really yeah, rare you have. Yeah, if the, they're being aggressive like this, they're goons or something. Right. Like they're that. in this case, it's bumbling like, idiots. The dads don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They <laughs> they. It's terrible, and I I literally can't stand it considering I'm a dad and I handle my shit. Like I take care of the things I need to take care of. I'm not a complete moron. I'm not Homer Simpson. I I have a little wit, you know, I can do some dumbass things. We can all do some dumbass things, but that's, that's humans in general. But the men in this movie were unapologetically men. Uh, like in the movie, super troopers, one of the characters, I am all that is man. Just that's what this was. Hmm. And I loved it for that. That he goes into the office to talk to Ford and he's, I'm not going to snivel. I'm not going to grovel. I'm not going to apologize. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Your guys screwed this up by not letting me do what I was supposed to do and have the person we were supposed to have do this. Now, now we're ready to do it for real. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like the forwards like, all right, Shelby, go to war. Yes, sir. Turns yeah. around and leaves. And I like that Shelby is he knows how to handle it. He's mm -hmm. so smart. Like he knows how to handle all these different situations. 
I, I in the the one scene, another thing that I was concerned about from the, I think it was in the trailers where the deuce starts crying in the car. I think that was in the trailers. And yeah. I remember being concerned about it, but when it happens, it makes a lot of sense. I like the reason it happens. You know, I, mm-hmm. I again, because I am really interested in cars and the history of it. Henry Ford, the second's father, Edsel died when he was like 43 or 45, something like that of uh, some kind of cancer. When, and the, when Henry Ford, the second was 40 something or no, when original he went no, Henry Ford had Edsel Ford. That was his son. Edsel is Henry Ford II's father. Got Edsel it. Ford died of, I think, stomach cancer at the age of, like I said, like 44, somewhere in there, you know, okay. early to mid 40s. And I like that when, you know, I like that it wasn't just a goofy moment that like the out of touch CEO gets into the car and he can't handle it. I like that he's crying because he's like, oh, my God, I wish my dad could see this. Yes. Like, I, I never understood this. This is so amazing. I wish my dad could have could have experienced this. Yeah, I really that, liked it. That surprised me as well, because the trailers made it out to be one thing. And it wasn't that. And I love that about it. Trailers so often give away way too much crap in your movies. They show all the best scenes. I don't have to go watch the movie now. I just saw the best moments of it. I feel exactly the same way. I like when they mislead you a little bit, but not mm-hmm. to the point of like confusion, like where I went and saw Sweeney Todd, not knowing <laughs> that it was a musical because nothing indicated that it was a musical. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go oh. see this new Johnny Depp movie. Cause my friends want to go see it. We were all like, what the, what do we go into the wrong theater? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was, I was surprised by that scene as well. And there were some risky things that Shelby did in this. That was a risky move. The bet that he makes and then doesn't tell Miles about the bet. Like, hey, you have to win this race if you want to be the driver. He doesn't say shit. He just does it. And then he writes on the little board, all right, 7,000 R- RPM, go. <laughs> 7,000 RPM? 7,000? That's insane. Like, I noticed my truck this morning after watching that yesterday. My truck goes to six, and that's maxing. If if my truck hits six thousand RPM, my engine blows up. Like it's not. It's, <laughs> there's no. It does. It's not going to handle that. Are you kidding me? Even brand new, I'd be surprised if it could handle that. Like that's insane. And these guys are doing between seven and nine thousand RPM in these supercars. It's it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think they do a good job of pointing that out, too, that it's it's you know, these are engines designed for this, but you're still at the limits of what these can do mechanically. Like there's only so much you can do with a vehicle that light. If you make it heavier, it doesn't go as fast. If you Mm -hmm. make it out of sturdier material, it gets heavier. Like there are all these trade offs and. Ken has this relationship almost with the machine where he can feel what it's doing and he knows what he can get out of it. And I I don't think that's unique to him per se. I think that's a thing that comes up in a lot of, in a lot of movies and in a lot of situations, I even feel like Top Gun was kind of like that. Absolutely. I I was just immediately thinking of that as well. Like a fighter pilot, knowing his plane and what it can do, knowing the machine, no, whether it's, 
a machine like a car, a plane, whether it's your firearm, your weapon, knowing what it is you're using, what it can handle, that makes a difference. And obviously the one who can do that the best is the one who's been working on it and driving it the whole time. Mm-hmm. The the scene where he's testing it out, it's at nighttime, and he's driving through all the barrels, and then all of a sudden something I'd never even heard of happens. He gets brake fade, and his yep. brakes just don't work. Oh, well, your brakes are they're just done. I was, what? It, it blows up, and he's, he gets out in the fireproof suit and the whole nine yards, and I'm like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Probably because I'm not big into racing, but that happened and I was like, oh shit, it's just one more thing. Kind of like this Le Mans race. It's an absolutely brutal thing to have to put yourself through. I didn't realize when they first talked about the 24 hour race, I just assumed it was one guy driving for 24 hours. No, it's not that because that's not safe. It would be probably really, really bad. So there's teams. Each each car has a team of drivers, and one pulls in, he gets out, the other driver gets in. But, I mean, rain, shine, hot, cold, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to, you're, it doesn't matter. You're just driving it. Just some things that it made me understand in this movie that I'd never really thought about. And being someone who's not into racing in any way, shape, or form, that was fun. It was fun to learn things I didn't know about. It's fun to watch guys who are not just Ken Miles. He's really good at driving. Like, that's what he does. But he also knows really well the ins and outs of the car, how to build it, how to put it together and take it apart, and how to make it faster, why it's not, why isn't it going fast, what's wrong, all that. You're not just the driver. You're also like this mechanical engineer working on making the car a more high-performance machine. Just watching all of that take place right. is is just amazing. It was really fun to sit and be transported into that world. And that's what it felt like, that I got, I got transported into the world that, you know, they built up for me in this movie, and it was just great. Loved it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else to say. I mean, there were there were a lot of good moments and there were a lot of great quotes, but the whole I mean, as a whole, I just really enjoyed it. I, you know, they I think everybody got a fair shake except uh, Leo. He's the only one that was kind of unredeemed, like he was kind of conniving the whole time. And I know that he was supposed to be that way just because we needed that. You know, he probably represented all the corporate interests that would have made this thing difficult in the first place. But I mean, it's just really good. I don't it know was. what else there is to I, say about it. I really I, enjoyed the relationship uh, Miles had with not only his son, which was great, but it wasn't, I'm going to beat you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. When he was, the part you talked about where he's talking about knowing the machine and knowing how far you can push it, he's talking to his son about that. Yeah. And trying to teach his son about the world and the world he lives in. This is what I do. This is how I do it. He and the relationship he had with his wife. Like, as I said in the very beginning of this, uh, one of the reviews I watched had a problem with her turning on him. But as I said, 
when I went back and watched it, yeah, he he promised her that he was going to be done. And when Sh- uh, Shelby shows up at his house after he's worked at whatever the, I'm sure, shitty job that he had to get was, instead of mm-hmm. just running in, hey, I'm going to go check out this thing with this guy real quick. I'll be right back. I mean, she saw that he left. She was onto it the whole time. <laughs> that, and then- that was great because, all right, I'll have you back in 30 minutes. And then he shows him this car. And then all next thing you know, he's driving it. And he's like, well, it's this. This is a problem. And that's a problem. And well, well, hold on a second. And he just takes off in the car again. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she gets over it. Another realistic moment. She gets over it when he says they're going to pay him $200 a day. Plus which, expenses. I, which I looked up. That would be about $1,600 a day now. It's insane. That if you take a normal work year that would be 261 work days a year that would be about four hundred and forty two thousand dollars a year in today's money yeah it's like you know if you make 200 bucks a day that's about a thousand dollars a week that's 52 grand a year and you know you're not top one percent or anything but 52 grand a year is li- certainly livable well those were those were 19 fine. yeah i mean even today is that yeah, what you're today, that's what I'm saying. today today that's fine you're i'm you're okay with fifty-two grand a year. Yeah. You can easily make that. But Ems was nineteen sixty-four dollars or something, right? Like that. <laughs> she, I'm surprised she didn't say why the, why didn't you lead with that? Right. Like, start with that. Are you kidding me? Like if that's but that's what you do when you're the partner, whether you're supporting her or she's supporting you. You support the other one in what they want to do. If it works out, awesome. If it doesn't. That's all right. You'll be there for them when it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what you do. And I didn't I didn't feel the same about that relationship as the movie reviewer did. I, I thought it was fine. I had zero problems. I actually I, I ended up liking her a lot. The when she's driving that old Woody station wagon and she's pissed and she's starting to go really fast and zip around cars and stuff. That was great. When him and Shelby get into a fight in the front of right in front of their house and she busts out a little chair sits down with her paper she's like watching them and he's they're laying on the ground can you give me a give give me a soda oh yeah shelby you want one too no don't don't get him one it's like yeah yeah i'll take one she brings out a couple of sodas (laughs) just fantastic just just great so i i really don't think there's that much more to talk about but i really like the way their relationship was to the Ferrari team. I like that it keeps going back and forth between them. They're like glaring at each other. They're competing with each other. I like that, that Shelby keeps playing pranks. He like drops oh a nut and yes. they find it. They're like, oh my God, what is this? Right. See, okay, when he first did that, I thought that was going to be akin to cheating. Like he dropped that and they would call their racer into pit. Like you need to pit right now so that we can figure out what's going on. But it wasn't that. They just, he stole the stopwatches. He did that. They're just little small pranks. It was great. It shows this character having, who's very serious and he's the one in charge of all these different things. He has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like it's life. You got to have a sense of humor in life. And that was really good. I will say, one of my favorite parts, it was very small, but in this whole thing, after Shelby asks Miles, Hey, they want you to slow down. They want me to what? They want you to slow down 
so all three Fords can cross the finish line at the same time. And he just says, you know what? This is your race. Do whatever you want to do. And during the race, when I like how it wasn't, because this is how that would really work. There wasn't Ford and Ferrari at the very end at the finish line. And, you know, Ford barely edges out. That's how most movies would do it. But that's first of all, that's probably not how it happened in real life. Number one, because in a situation like this, a 24 hour race, well, Enzo just blew his engine. That was it. He blew his engine by trying to keep up and, and do what Miles is. He couldn't do it. And so he was out. Mm-hmm. And once he was out, the relief and he Miles was like, oh, my God, we like we did it. But he still has to race. He still has to not crash and do his job. But after Shelby asks him to, this is what they're asking of us. Be a team player. Hey, man, I've done everything I can for you. I haven't asked anything of you. I'm, I know I'm asking you this. There's a moment with Christian Bale, and he is so good. He's driving, and he just he beat the course, the lap record again. He just gets that lap record. He's on the straightaway, and he looks in his rearview mirror, and there's nobody there. And there's this look that comes over his face. And just that look on his face told me, the audience, everything I needed to know about what he was thinking. And he was thinking... Shelby has done so much to get me in this driver's seat. He told me he would get me here to drive this race, and he did it. He got me here. He doesn't know about the sacrifice. He doesn't know about the betting for his company. And, hey, if he wins this Daytona, he gets to drive. He doesn't know about any of that. He doesn't know about the stuff Shelby had to do to get him here. But he understands this man who – and they don't talk about it. They don't – there's no – Hippy dippy. Oh, I love you, man. Oh, you're such a great, you're my bro, bro. You're not, there's none of that. And they are super close friends. Yeah. But there's none of that. They, they don't have to say it. That look on his face. He doesn't, there's no talking. There's no, there's no flashbacks to all the things that Shelby has done. And like that you would need in some movies because the audience needs that to understand what's going on. That look on Christian Bale's face said everything that needed to be said about that. And it was Shelby's done so much for me to just get me here. I didn't think I'd ever get to do something like this. Here I am in France racing this incredible race and I'm going to win. Yeah. Because he put me in the position to do it. And so, yes, I'm going to slow down. We can, we can do this three car thing. And yeah, he got screwed in the end because of that. But even afterwards he pops out and, Shelby's like, hey, man, I didn't, I can't, I shouldn't have asked you. I shouldn't have asked you to do that. He's like, ah, you said I get to race the race. I got it. I got to race. Yeah, and now let's do it again. We'll right. Do it again now next it's time to, to build upon and to keep going. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was so well done and so unlike what Hollywood normally does in movies nowadays. And one of the things that I was going to mention is after he wins – you know, well, after they finish, let's say mm-hmm. he looks up at Enzo Ferrari and Ferrari tips his hat to him and he nods back to him. And it's this little moment of respect. Like Ford just wants to be there to see him lose. He doesn't care about him. He doesn't respect him. He doesn't feel any particular way. But it's clear that Miles has respect for him. And it's a good message. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have a message, it's a good way to be to respect your opponent. You know, they're not your yeah. enemy. They're your opponent. They're your rival. They're not your enemy. They're That's not right. out to even if they are kind of out to get you, even if you're pranking each other and stuff like that and you're aggressive, you can respect each other. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how it should be. That's going to that breeds the healthiest competition. Yeah. That I want to be. It's like I want to beat you at your best. I don't want to, you know, if two boxers are going to fight, I don't want to beat you because you got a bum elbow or a trick knee or, you know, I exploit some little thing that. I want my best to be your best. Right. And that's that's the best competition right there. Yep. Well, that's all I've got, man. How about you? This has flown by. We've been talking for a while. I could I could literally go sit down and watch that movie again right now. <laughs> like it was for just Halligans, as you're listening to this, this just is one of those movies that this is not what Hollywood typically puts out. The acting and other movies do this. The directing's top notch. The cinematography, the story's really good. The everything, everything is good. But the way this movie is done, mm-hmm. how the way it's, it all comes together, mm-hmm. it's just they don't do it like this anymore. It's so rare. This was a breath of fresh air from movies that we've seen, and we've seen some good ones, some things that are fun. And that we really liked are some crazy things that, but this is so unlike so much other stuff that's out there. And well, it's and insanely good. And it's even fun too, and funny in a lot of points. Like just Miles' mannerisms and the way he acts when his wife comes in and you see her for the first time and she's like talking about her car and what she mm-hmm. likes about it. And she's like, oh, the smell of gas and whatever. And he's like, are you some kind of deviant? <laughs> He, Christian Bale, just, he's such a good actor. He's really good. And I absolutely loved this. This might be my favorite character I've ever seen him do. He was, it just, he was fun. All around, every different time he was on screen was so much fun. Mm. He, he, that gets, the car explodes as they're practicing. And, you know, 10 minutes later, he's at the drawing board trying to draw these, this new brake system. That they can change this stuff out. They come up with a whole new way to do this. He's like, ah, hey, well, yeah, whatever. It, it's, it's so great. One thing I do want to say about it. So, as I said, never a race guy. Don't care about that. My favorite car of all time is the Shelby 427 Cobra. Hmm. And they talk about that at the very end of the movie. There's a couple in shelby's place to buy those cars a his and her version of that car and i'm like yeah i recognize those cars (laughs) i've loved them since i was a little kid the first time i laid eyes on them in a magazine i've seen them in uh my dad was a big fan of cars and i was really my dad's not around anymore and he and i were big watching movies with him was a big thing and so there's been a lot of movies that have come out that ah dad i wish you could have been here to see this this one, it was almost hard for me to watch because of just how good it was and how much I know he he would have loved it. I'm almost positive that you have already watched this with your dad because you watch movies with your dad. If you haven't, if you haven't watched this with you, if you haven't made your dad watch this yet, you are a terrible son. I'm trying to think if I have watched it. I don't think I have. Oh my god, what to... is, you're you're terrible. You fail. <laughs> you're a failure. That's. You, you need to go watch this with your dad. 
I don't know if he's a car guy or not a car guy. This, my dad was a car guy, and I always was always surprised it. And I understand it now more than I'm older. I'm not a young man anymore because he just see cars. Oh, that's this. That's that. That's '56 Chevy. That's a '65. This and he just knew that stuff because he grew up doing it. Yeah, and I know that a little bit better now. But it was a little hard for me to watch this without him because of how much he would have enjoyed it. But it's just they don't they don't do them like this anymore, guys. Well, they don't so, do it like this often anyway. They really don't. So when something like this comes, you need to take the time and and just sit down and absolutely enjoy. I enjoyed from the very beginning to the very end, which I didn't expect the end because I didn't know the history of anything. Yeah, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't know yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah, it's one of these things where if you do know the history of it, you'll kind of know it's coming. But it was mm-hmm. still enjoyable how they got everywhere. You know, I yeah, I didn't know absolutely everything. But I knew enough to know where it was going, and it still was captivating the whole time. And that's that's kind of something that I was worried about after seeing the trailer. It's like, am I really going to enjoy this? I know this story. I've heard this story a thousand times. How Ford almost bought Ferrari, and then this Vendetta. I mean, Top Gear did a special about the... Well, I don't know if it's a special exactly, but they did a whole thing about the GT40 years ago, you know, and told the story on their show, too. But Which I always really like that great. car. Seeing the GT40 magazines, things like that. That's a really neat looking car. Yeah, this is this is making me want to buy another car again. <laughs> I have a problem. And you have a problem. I think a <laughs> like a reproduction Cobra is probably the only car less practical than the one I currently have. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> they do they do sell those as kits. They do. I, did find, I know. They do. I did find that out. Uh, one other thing about this movie, there was one other name in this entire movie that I recognized, and that was McLaren, because McLaren makes sports cars. Well, oh. I'm sorry. McLaren makes supercars, mm-hmm. and they are my favorite supercar. Out of ones that I've seen, just purely just some of the very small amount of knowledge I have on any of that, though not Ferraris, not the way Lamborghini looks, not... McLaren, the way it looks, every that is my favorite supercar. That and jam. so I recognize that name. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the actor, but yeah, yeah, no, I, not, not at all the actor. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. This is just a side note. When I had this marketing class that we were talking about, your evoked set, I think that's what they called it, which is to say, like the average person only can hold like a certain number of brands in their mind. You know, if I ask you for soap, you're going to name like three or four brands. And they did all this stuff. And they were asking some of us. They were quizzing us. And then they asked cars. I think I named 37 car brands. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you picked the wrong guy for this. Uh-huh. I know like every car brand that's ever existed in the U.S. Because <laughs> you're I talking about name- your favorite car being a McLaren. My favorite car, like my top car ever, 1932 Duesenberg SJ. They are like, these are cars that were sold to royalty. Almost yeah, I know, exclusively. I like, know the Duesenberg. I know that name. Absolutely. Now, the McLaren is my top, like, supercar. As I said, the 427 Shelby Cobra is my top car of all time. Mm-hmm. Has been since I've been a kid. Those Duesenbergs, though, like, they're they're unreal. 
mm-hmm. how big they are, the way they look, all of it. It's just, it's an unreal machine. It's almost like the, in Captain America, the first Avenger, the car that Red Skull has. Yeah, I think it's this, probably modeled after something like that. Yeah, oh, well, this uh, big honking. Mercedes did have like these giant six wheel things back then. Hmm. But still, yeah, I, I think there's probably some inspiration in that kind of design. I thought a similar thing for uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I was getting ready to say that. You the, son of a bitch. The car that uh, Nemo, Nemo has. Yeah. Nemo's car. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next thing I thought of that movie right there, which didn't get as much credit as it should have. I really enjoyed that movie. I think it came out at the wrong time against some stiff competition. It did. That was, I mean, that that was Sean Connery's last movie. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. He had an option to do something else that would have been a better movie for him. But eh, he did what he wanted to do. Right. And that was fun. He was a fun role for him. That was a fun movie. I like the characters who were in it. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. Uh, but that's all I've got to say. It's a good movie with a good message, good characters, good relationships, believable dialogue, believable situations. I like the political maneuvering and the subterfuge and and the pranking. I love the way, like you were saying, the, the way that Christian Bale plays his character, the way he takes on these mannerisms. I mean, if you saw, God, there was that boxing movie he was in. I can't think of the name of it, but he played a boxer in Boston. And yes, him he, and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and he followed yeah. the guy he was supposed to be playing. He followed him around for like a, a, a while and like learned to move like him and talk like him and was hanging out with him and going to the same places and stuff. I mean, he you're right. He's an incredible actor. He really is. The amount of range that guy has is insane. There is one a question I have for you, though, regarding how the race ended. Hmm. So he he ended up doing the team player thing. Mm-hmm. Let all three cars finish at the same time. And now, first of all, I'm curious, is that true? Do we know if that actually happened? Like, Finishing is there a at the picture? same time? Yeah. Yeah. That did like, happen. there's a, a historical picture of that happening, I assume, that they, yep. we know that did. Cool. So, my question then becomes, like, Miles already said he was, like, said he was 47 in this? Uh, yeah, he said he was, like, 45, and that was as things were starting. That would have been, like, 64. Four-ish, and they yeah, it was sixty-four. If they were unveiling the Mustang, sure. Yeah, but what happens if he doesn't do that and he just wins the race? Like do he you, probably do you just wouldn't have been invited back. <laughs> I guess, like he just gets fired. All right, Ford's like, see ya. Yeah, and then anybody else would have picked him up. They'd have been like, this guy's a monster, right? Like anybody else would have picked him up. Almost that was a question I had, like, what happens to him? Like, you know what? Screw you guys. But I'd still, he's he's such a great actor. That look on his face conveyed everything, and it was amazing. And, I mean, even Matt Damon, even he did a fantastic job in this movie. And I'm not even necessarily the biggest Matt Damon fan. Um, he's done some things that I've really enjoyed, and he think he's had some clunkers, but almost who hasn't they just really killed it in this movie the acting everything is top notch i got that that's that's it Halligans, that's it i got that's it that's a watch totally a watch from both of us oh oh no no i think i'm gonna go with not a watch on this one i don't Mm -hmm. know if i don't even want anybody else this is just for me 
The only this question is just mine. I don't want anybody else to watch this ever. It's just for me to watch from now on. <laughs> the only question is whether or not this is a watch or a like you have to watch. Is this on the level of Good Morning Vietnam? I don't think this is on the level of Good Morning Vietnam as far as top 100 movies that you need to have watched before you die. But I do believe as far as cinema goes nowadays, it's a m- absolute must watch because it's so different than everything else that you get. It's it's such its own beast and it portrays, I love how it portrays these men unapologetically doing what men do. And it's amazing. Oh, last thing before we go, (laughs) even if it wasn't true, how Enzo reacted and he like sits there and he goes off in Italian to uh, Lee Iacocca while they're there. Even if that's not the way it happened, I loved it because I think second only to hearing that happen in Japanese that's my fang- favorite language to hear that happen in. <laughs> like, if you're going to go off on somebody, if you can't go off in that deep, guttural, throaty Japanese, Italian's got to be my second place. Man, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I like I Love Lucy, so I like hearing somebody go off in Spanish. I get that. Right? Yep. <laughs> I absolutely get it. I actually, I actually sent my girlfriend an I Love Lucy gif today. Was it Ricky flipping out in Spanish? Well, it was it. It, w- it was Jeff, Ricky. It wouldn't but matter. I, what? How what? dare you? <laughs> it was Ricky because I just got home and I said, hi, honey, I'm home. And I sent a little honey, I'm home gif of nice. the I Love Lucy show. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, right. we keep saying we're done and we keep not being done. I think I think we're actually. Yeah, maybe I think we're actually done. So if you guys want to reach out, we're on Twitter at MovieHowl. We've got an email, MovieHowl at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at ManPanda. We'd like to hear from you. We probably won't, but that's okay. We like doing this anyway. There are some of you listening, and hopefully some of you get to this point. I would just like to know if you get to the end. But, you know, so maybe maybe send me a quick DM or email or whatever. But, yeah, that's all we got. Totally watch this. It's, uh, what is it, on HBO right now? HBO Max right now, yes, sir. All it was right. great. Thank you so much for letting me watch it on yours. Folks, once again, I have been Joe. I have been Ryan. And we're out.